Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Gomshi once again tonight. Um, he's going to be speaking on Rumi's Fihi Ma Fihi, or the Discourses. And um, I will not give any further introduction than that. But as a way of blessing, because today is the, um, the New Year's, Aidan Oruz, um, I'll just recite one poem from the Masnavi, <coughs> one line, um, which is No teke kamel shohan pa shibovad bar sare sofre zahar pa shibovad, which means when the perfect speaker is spreads the tablecloth of of discourse, discourses of Rumi in this in this respect, uh, there's every type of food on the table ready to be devoured. And of course, Dr. Gomshi is, if anyone is in the world, the perfect speaker. So with that brief introduction, please welcome him. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Rizan. Whatever food and nectar or fruits we put on the table is coming from Rumi, from Muhyiddin al-Arabi. They are producers. We are just distributors. So the credit goes to them. Good evening again. I wish to refresh my greetings for Nowruz, for the auspicious event of Nowruz. And for the Easter tide, both are blessed and divine. My discourse tonight is about the discourses of Rumi, and I hope that I can give you a brief introduction or I can give you just a cup of the wine of love which you will find in this exceptional, exotic book. <coughs> Rumi, in one of his, uh, in all his works, three famous works, Masnavi, and then we have the lyrics and Fihamofi. Of course, he has some other works which are not to be considered here, but they are also important. But the most famous are Fihamofi in prose, rhyming couplets, Masnavi in poetry, I mean in verse, and we have uh, the lyrics. <coughs> And all Rumi says, according to his own declaration, is love. He has, he speaks about nothing else but love. He says that in my shop, the only commodity I have in my shop is love. But love in his lyrics is dancing. When you read Rumi's lyrics, you dance with Rumi, you whirl with Rumi, you sing with Rumi, 
Rumi is singing. Actually, many of the sonnets, or you could say, ghazal or lyrics, which he has copied, not from even his memory, not from his poetic gifts, but from the hidden treasury of poetry of the world, the un- from the universal uh, treasury of book for all poets. The lohe esh neveshtim in qazal hara. There is a CD, Loh is actually CD. There is a CD or a site, you could say, where all the poetry of the world is reserved. And Rumi says that I copied these sonnets, these lyrics from that treasury. So in Lyrics, love is dancing. In Masnavi, the rhyming couplet, love is a circle for reciting the names and attributes of God. From the very beginning to the end, he is talking about God and his attributes. It is a constant reciting of the names thousands and thousands of names he has and so every time he uses another name and he gives you insight into the meaning of another name in Masnavi Masnavi is the book of Zikr a book of uh, recitation a book which uh, gives you the presence of God because the actual meaning of Zikr is the presence of Mazkur. You are reciting the name, but the one who is named is here. If he is not here, you are just losing your time. But when he is here, then you speak to him directly. And you don't need, you don't need to um, even call his name. Rumi says, since my beloved is so close to me, how can I say Ya Allah? What is Ya Allah? Ya is for far. When you say Ya, it means you are there, I'm here. While he is within me. So, I never say Ya Allah, because uh, he is present. But in Fihemafi, a prose work of Rumi is different. Love is teaching. Love is a guru. Love is a great master. And he is talking, addressing the reader or people who are present at his time. But we are present. He speaks in such intimate, kind, sympathetic voice that you feel that Rumi is directly speaking to you. He's very intimate. It, it, although it is essays, I can say, they don't call it essay usually because essay is a particular form of uh, literary production in the East, in the West. We have great essays like Montaigne, like Francis Bacon, like Jonathan Swift, like 
Thomas Addison, Walter Potter, and hundreds of them. They are essays. Rooney has created essays, but in a different atmosphere, with a wider range of ideas. But it, they are, I can say, it is my claim, of course, but you can check it, whether it is right or not. That Rumi, in his discourses, gives you the insight of Montaigne, the wisdom of Montaigne, and gives you the humor of Goldsmith in his essays. The humor of Goldsmith. He has the scholarly ideas and the scholarship and intellectuality of Francis Bacon. All of a sudden you see that Francis Bacon is talking. All of a sudden you see that this is uh, Jonathan Swift because he's so fluent, so uh, eloquent and so intimate and so easy to read and to follow. So, <clears throat> I want to give an introduction to this list. Of course, it is well known, it has been praised both in the East and in the West. Many translations of this work exist in English. Arbery has praised it as a divine book, and he says, I wonder in what part of the world in those days, 700 years ago, he was where he had been sitting, so quiet, so serene, so peaceful. It seems as if nothing is wrong with the world, and there is no vibration, there is no agitation. He is in full security and peace. How he has, where he has found this place, how can we go to that place of peace and security and serenity? And in Iran also, Zainul Abedin has praised the Fihamafi as an ocean of pearl and jewels. And he says it has been called Fihamafi because you cannot give it any name. Fihemofi actually means there is in it what there is in it. So it may seem a little bit uh, uh, a little bit wonderful or wondering that why such a name is chosen for the title of this book. There is in it what there is in it. But there is a very funny, beautiful story behind it. In Masnavi of Rumi, there is the story of a policeman, a religious policeman, who was prowling around to the city to see who is drunk, who is doing the wrong, going the wrong way. And then he happened to see a man who was drunk lying on the ground. So he kicked him and said, Oh, man, rise up and say, what have you been drinking? The man said, well, I have been drinking from the bottle over there. The man said, okay, but what is there in the bottle over there? 
It is what I have already drunk. <laughs> what have you been drinking? It is in the bottle over there. And the vicious circle is continued, and the policeman couldn't say anything. And finally said, okay, say ah, so that I could smell and see uh, what you have been drinking. <coughs> the room, I mean, the man, the drunk man, instead of saying ah, oh, he said, who, who? <laughs> The policeman was angry and said, well, how is it that I say, say, ah? And you say, who, who? He said, because ah is a sign of sorrow. I'm happy. Who, who is for happiness. You can say ah. I can't say ah. Because I'm happy. You're sober. So if you ask a Sufi, what have you been drinking? How is it that you are... All the time you are intoxicated. Somebody came to my father's house when I was a little child. And he said, oh, Mr. Elahi, please tell us what sort of whiskey, brandy, champagne, what sort of uh, uh, wine do you drink that you are all the time, every time you come here, you are just dancing and you are full of joy and happiness and you are drunk. This is, if you ask a Sufi, what have you been drinking? He would say it is in the bottle over there. <laughs> I cannot explain for you. Because you have to, ex to have the experience yourself. You cannot ask somebody, what is this love after all? And then he will explain and then you are happy that you know about love. It is not like that. If you want to know love, you have to experience experience it. You have to feel it within your heart. There is a story that somebody was asked, what is this lion? People say lion. He said, well, lion is an animal written like this, L-I-O-N. They said, no, this is no lion, this is just some letters. What is lion? He started, uh, he was a painter and he started painting the face of the lion and said, well, this is lion. They said, this is no lion because if you kick it, it wouldn't move. <laughs> There's no lion. And then he took them by the hand and brought them to a woods near the woods. And from afar, so that this is, this is the lion. Is that the lion? They said, no, this is not lion. He was angry and said, so what is the lion then? They said, the lion is the one who devoured you. That's the lion. So far as you have not been devoured, you are going to devour love, you are going to devour Erfan or mysticism or everything, and then show off that I have devoured. You have to be devoured by love, to be devoured by mysticism, by these consciousness. You have to change your consciousness, extend your consciousness. So that is why this, this exotic title has been given to in French they say the book that's within it is what there is within it but what is it all about it is the same ideas of course the same ideas of Masnavi the same ideas of the lyrics the same ideas of whatever Rumi has said <laughs> Because, as 
هیس مصنوی دکان فقر است ای پسر یا دکان عشق است ای پسر او مای سان مصنوی از دکان وحدت است ایت از دی شاپ اف یونیتی ایت از نات وی دونت هاف ا ورایتی اف مرچندایز ا ورایتی اف کومودیتیز Now, Rumi here is a prophet. He is calling people, calling people either by discussion or by reasoning, by uh, arguing even. Sometimes he argues with people, but very kind and very intimate and as if he is talking to his own son. That you accept this, then you have to accept that. And then I, we, we can conclude this and that. But in order to illustrate what he wants to say, he always refers to stories and tales. So that is why Fihemafi is also like Masnavi, full of tales. Every now and then, he, uh, somebody asks a question. The book is like this, that somebody opens a question an argument, a difficulty in theological questions about destiny, about predestination, about the free will, whether this is right, what is the devil, how God has created the devil, if he is kind to man, what, why he creates uh, such a great enemy for us. You see, and then he answers, uh, And then he brings some stories. Now, for example, I can uh, start by a tradition from Muhammad. Rumi looks at the society and sees, and sees what is wrong, how people are being deceived, and how he can solve the question, the problem. People are in certain problems in the society. They are constantly deceived by forms, external forms. They say, well, who is a religious man? A religious man is a person who says his prayer, he fasts, he goes to, uh, as a pilgrimage to Mecca. This is a, a religious man. So everybody can pretend these things. Rumi says that you have to give other signs, not forms. Prayer or namaz is not a form that you just bow down and rise and prostrate. It's not that. It is the presence of your Lord in front of you. And then you look at him and you praise him and his majesty makes you bow. So there is a tradition by Muhammad that anyone... Any scholar, any theologist or philosopher or religionist who goes to the house of the king, he is the worst of the scholars. He is no good because he goes to the king. And the best of kings and princesses are those who come to the house of the scholar. If the If the king of the country would come to the house of the scholar, to the house of the theologian, 
of the saints. That is good. He is a good king. He must have some spiritual inclinations. But if the scholar goes to the king, it means that he is selling himself to the king in order to get something out of him. So Rumi says, this is the form. It may happen that a scholar arranges with the king that you come to see me, make me as big as possible, and then I will be your representative and I do whatever you like. So it is not, it is not uh, sufficient to see that this scholar is going to the house of the king or the king is coming. Both may be wrong. Because the, the touchstone and the standard of uh, judgment is that uh, if the scholar has started studying for the sake of God, he thinks that I should learn something to save people, to solve the problems of people, and that is why I am studying, that is why I am reading, that is why I am going to my master, that is why I go to the universities. And he has a spiritual end. I told you the other night that when they asked Bach, why do you want to go to the church and play music? He said, because I want to take people to paradise. You see, if a person wants to get money, wants to get fame, wants to, is ambitious and wants to show off that I am now the greatest uh, scholar in the, in the whole city and everybody has to come to me. So the, the intention is important, not the going of the king or not the going of the scholar. Both may be wrong. So... There is another uh, tradition by Muhammad which is very interesting. It says, Oh my God, show me the world or everything as it really is. So it means that things do, are not things that they, they show, that they seem to be. So Rumi says, If everything was as it is and everybody could see that Muhammad with such high understanding and distinguishing would not say oh my god show me the things as they really are so it is better that we go deeper and deeper into, the, into what is apparent there are many things which seem to be fair and beautiful while they are ugly. So here gives you a new lesson that you have to look deep into things. And deep, what is the meaning of deep? Deep is when you ask what happens later, what happens after, what happens after. And then you go and go and then you see, ah, it's no good. You see, you see, if you ask yourself, what is this job? What is this uh, great position in, in 
political position or in trade or in whatever business, if you achieve this, what would happen later? If you achieve all the money you want, if you achieve all your desires, what would happen later? And then if you look deep, it means to look uh, through the time. And even before the time, you extend everything. If you want to see everything, you have to extend it. It changes your state of your judgment. You see, you see somebody who is uh, impolite and very uh, bad-tempered, angry, and using abusing words, improper words, then you get angry. It's because, it's because you don't see the before, the after and the before. Rumi happens, uh, he was going with a group of friends and somebody just kicked Rumi, made a, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, and uh, it was disrespectful. The friend said, well, we can go and uh, punish him. He said, no, we were there before. We, are, we were not here all the time. We were there. You can just look at people and things that where it will be after a time, where it will be before that time. So uh, you have better sympathy about it. A person who is uh, a criminal, you make him a smaller and a smaller and smaller until he is in the in the bosom of his of her of his mother, and then you look his innocence. What happened? So you look just before and you look after. That is the way to see the real real, real reality of things. At the time of death, people come to understand what is important and what is not important. What is necessary, what is good, and what is bad. So you can move through the time so that you can get a better idea of the reality, of the uh, watchness of the things. Now, <clears throat> Rumi discusses the question of predestination and free will. Free will he says it is natural, everybody has a feeling that he has free will. So you cannot deny your own nature. Nobody can say, well, it has been arranged by God, and then excuse himself by that. You cannot do that, because that is your own feeling. Then he gives a story that uh, somebody was in a garden as a thief of course and he was picking fruits and homeroddin which is a sort of apricot and uh, the owner came and said well what are you doing here how it happened that you come to this garden and this is my tree he said no this is God's tree 
and I am God's servant and this is the hand of God and there is no power there is no power in the world but belonging to God and uh, so and this is the fruit of God giving us as a gift by God and then one sort of discussion and argument is that you accept they call it jadal sophistry they say okay you are right I behave with you in the same way they brought him down and then bound him by a rope to the tree and started beating he said well you are killing me why are you beating me he said well this is the stick of God this is the hand of God and this is the tree of God and that is the rope of God and Romy shows that you cannot excuse yourself in these ways you have to accept your responsibility that you are you have the duty of doing what is right and what you understand to be wrong you have to abstain here there is a discussion that man is astrolog of God Rumi believes that man is infinite in faculty in time in place in form we are millions and billions of forms this is one of the forms you see now but there are other forms Rumi says that when you go to sleep for example you see yourself here and there and there are other words you are an ocean you are not limited so you are the astrologue of God astrologue was uh, a computer of the time in those days and uh, through that we could understand this revolution of the celestial bodies and the uh, fortune of people and uh, solving different mathematical problems by astrologue. He says, it is not sufficient to have the astrologue. You are the astrologue of God, but you have to learn it. Learn yourself, the, the art of using the astrologue. You have to learn, the greatest art is to learn how you can use yourself, how you can make use of all the potentialities and all the gifts God has given to you. Well, <coughs> I will, there are some other stories of when they are finished because I have not prepared all the, the stories here. I have prepared some polycopies but uh, I could not get them. Uh, <coughs> yes, uh, to make sufficient copy to give to everybody. But um, I will go through PMRP even without these uh, writings from now on. But there is a funny story here that. Uh, a Sufi, a Gnostic, once was, you could say, in a state of pressure 
and uh, he was not happy. He was sorrowful. He was he had been narrowed down in his heart because sometimes your heart becomes bigger and bigger, and sometimes you you are pressed in your heart. He thought that what can I do? It's better that usually people go to a rose garden, to some beautiful place, to the countryside. Uh, they go there so that they would um, get some delight and uh, to to have to open their hearts. But he says that it's better that I go somewhere unusual. I will go to the worst place so that I would get uh, better. The worst place in those days was the place when the public bath was warmed and they burned certain material. They burned certain material like oil or uh, wood or other things. So it was a place full of smoke and uh, bad odors, and it was warm. So he went into that, we call it Golchan, instead of Golshan. Golchan instead of Golshan. Golshan is the garden, rose garden. You go to the rose garden uh, to be delighted. So he goes there. And then he sees a wonderful thing, the most wonderful thing. A little boy was working for the head of that Golhan. That Golhan was ruled by a man who was very proud, and he ordered the little boy, put this here and bring those waters there and bring those woods here and clean here or do that or do this. And the little boy was uh, very agile and very active and lively, and he was doing all he did, all he said, one by one. And he said, oh, well, well done. I, if you continue to work for, work for me like this, uh, after myself, after myself, I will make you head of this place. See, I then, I burst into laughter that this is the story of the um, possessors of the world because after so much work, after so much liveliness, you would be head of a place which is no better than a Golchan. There is another story by Rumi that someone killed his mother and they blamed him. How is it that you kill? Nobody kills his mother. Are you not ashamed of doing that? He said, well, uh, because my mother was with a strange person, with a stranger and with someone, so I killed her. They said, well, you could kill that man. Why did you kill your mother? He said, well, if I can kill that man, every day I have to kill some new one. Every day I have to kill someone. I will kill that, and then I'll be relieved. And Rumi says, your self 
is that your mother, your selfish desires, you are sacrificing and killing people, darling people, for the sake of your mother. You can kill this and then uh, kill not everybody. There is another story of uh, somebody asks Rumi uh, that you cannot be a lover in the city of Khwarazm. In the city of Khwarazm, nobody can become a lover. He said, why? He said, because you see a fair, beautiful lady, and then another moment, half an hour later, you will see a better one, and then you set your heart on, on her, and then next time you see a better one, and there are so many beautiful <coughs> girls uh, and beauties in, and fair. This is the city of the fair, uh, and so you cannot become a lover. And, and now see what wonderful answer Rumi says. Okay, then it is better to fall in love with Kharaz. If you cannot fall in Kharaz, you can fall in love with Kharaz itself because the whole world is Kharaz. How is it that you want to love one single thing and uh, separate it from everything else? You can fall in love with everything. Fall in love with the world. Fall in love with the truth. Fall in love with all manifestations of beauty. In Fiamafi, you can see all the basic elements of perennial philosophy as well. Rumi speaks about God constantly, and as I mentioned the other night, God for Rumi is a constant presence of the whole world. And uh, if anybody doubts that whether God is or not, now see what Rumi says. So I'm doubtful about that. It is not sure. And they actually, there is a verse in the Quran that uh, is there any doubt about God? He answers, yes, of course there is a doubt. But when you have a doubt about God, it means that you don't you have the right concept. So far as you can so far as you can doubt and you are not sure whether he is or not, somebody was praying that, oh my God, if you exist, save my soul if it exists. <laughs> See, because they are all in doubt. But when you are in doubt, it simply means that you have got a wrong concept of God. God is a concept in which there is no doubt. And what is that? That is just existence. The only concept, self-evident concept in the world, in all philosophy, is the concept of existence. Whatever else, you have to study about it. You have to learn about it. What is mother? What is angel? What is this son? But nobody goes to the dictionary, what is the meaning of is? Is and is not. When the child asks, 
Is mother at home? They say he is at home. He wouldn't say what is the meaning of is, because being is the most evident concept among all the concepts we have. So, if you come to the essence, to the substance of existence, existence is God. So you cannot, uh, you cannot even. Close your eyes. Even you close your eyes, you can see him. Whatever you touch, you see him, because you are in constant touch with existence. Everything exists, whatever it is, whether it is fruit, whether it is a man, whether it is pleasure, whether it is suffering, everything exists. So you are in constant contact with existence. So you cannot escape from God. God. Is with you. He is Hova Maakum Ainamokuntum. So he says that there is no doubt about his being only one because we can't have two existences. Existence is a concept which does not accept duality. That is why God is one. Because we want to know there can be two gods or three gods. If God is any concept, any concept except existence, then it can be two or three or ten. But when it is existence, what is God? As Mohyeddin says, as Rumi says, as Permanides, going back before Socrates, they say that God has filled the whole world with His existence. The light of the whole world, and light is existence, because light is clear and makes everything clear. So he leaves you in no doubt about God by changing your concept. That every time you you are in doubt whether such a thing exists or not, when you come to think that it's existence. You cannot be doubtful about the existence itself. Existence is uh, the most evident, self-evident concept in the world. And then about the devil, how is it that God has created such creature as the devil or Eblis? He said, "Well, if he didn't do that, something was wrong." Something was missing, because uh, the devil does a very great service to humanity. He shows everybody what he is. You see, people are claiming that I am such and such, but the devil comes with some temptation and say, "You are not that. You are not that." It is the touchstone of being. It is the touchstone of the world that. Any wrong and absurd claim is rejected by the devil. The devil does not let everybody comes into the into the castle, into the palace of God, because he rejects them. This is wrong. This is wrong, and uh, it is said that in the day of judgment, people attack. The devil, 
to say that you were the one who tempted us and made us going astray. The devil would say, well, I didn't enforce it. I just offered. I just offered my temptation. You accepted it. So this offering, the whole world is the, the world of offer. The devil offers. The angels offers. The prophets offer. And, and, every, and you are free to choose any offer. So you are responsible and uh, nothing is to be enforced, neither by the prophet nor by the devil. Devil cannot enforce you to do something. The angel cannot enforce you to do something. God cannot enforce you. He does not. He can maybe, but he does not enforce you. Impose nothing is to be imposed in a religion. That is why in the Quran says there is no ikra, no compulsion in the religion, because religion is an offer. And uh, so either accept it or reject it. One last thing I want to say of Fihamafi is that he has a very good argument that people are constantly, constantly desiring the worldly pleasures, right? And then they don't get it easily without suffering. They suffer much. They are kicked much. They are driven out much. It is not an easy way to go to your desires. You have to endure many sufferings before you can uh, get so much of your desires. So now that if you go to after your worthy desires, you have to suffer, it is better that you go to higher desires, to your higher quality pleasures and then at least if you are suffering you will suffer for something worthwhile and uh, I want to bring this uh, short discourse about higher quality pleasures and the, the, uh, the quality of these pleasures and to call everybody including myself, that there are pleasures which are of a higher degree. Uh, why? Because, uh, <coughs> first of all, higher quality pleasures, what are higher quality pleasures? The pleasures that directly come from beauty, the pleasures that directly come from truth, and directly come from the good. When you are a good person, you enjoy being good. This pleasure is the higher quality pleasure. When you read a book and you get acquainted with truth and you get insight into things, that is higher quality pleasure. When you study sciences, the wonders of the world, these are pleasures that are higher quality pleasures. And the higher quality pleasures have a series of characteristics. I will tell you some of them so that it would encourage 
all the younger generation, they are all the younger generation. Rumi says that if you enter the world of Sufism, the world of mysticism, then you will become a child. You will be as innocent as a child, you walk as a child, you talk sincerely as a child, and you are lovely as a child. He said, uh, even a man of 90 years old is like a child. And I had seen that Catherine Rain looked like a child, innocent, lovely, fresh, and full of energy, and everything in the world seemed to him new. He says that people get bored because people do not enjoy really the world. Many people desire immortality of soul when they don't know what to do with the rainy uh, holiday afternoon. They don't know what to do it. If a person is bored, if anything is boring for you, this whole world is so interesting, there, are so, there is so much wonder in it, that you have every moment you have to run this way and to run that way. You have to run towards the uh, cherry orchard and see what great miracle has happened that out of clay such beauty is coming out. And so you have not enough time, even you live 100 years, it is not time enough to see one single flower to enjoy it. There is no end to the enjoyment of the, and pleasure of the nature. So, for the Sufi, every moment, everything is new. Nothing is temporary. nothing is repeated. People become, uh, you see, familiarity breeds contempt, it is said in English. Because they don't really get familiar with a thing. If you get familiar, every moment something new happens. No woman has an end of interesting qualities. You see, all women are virgin to the last day of their life because every moment you ha have a new experience, a new understanding, a new approach. You see, so... Uh, you become a child because children, they say, well, what is that? It's the first time that see everything. You can look at each other and, and, and have a feeling that this is the first time I'm seeing that. And if you think this is the last time I'm going to see that, then you have a better feeling about people. People think that, well, I don't like him anymore. But the moment they hear that he has left the world, they say, oh, what could I, I, I could? Uh, say such and such to him I wanted to see him I, he was so dear to me see we don't know how dear we are to each other this is Rumi is, is pressing that we we don't really know each other in this TMRFE somebody asked uh, do you know such and such Mr. Jack Nelson for example he said uh, yes I know him how do you know him? He said, well, 
they have two uh, cows, one black and one white. And their house is nearby in such and such uh, country. Is that knowledge? We don't know each other. Somebody said that uh, after five years of the death of my mother, I came to know him, how darling he was for me. We don't know how darling everything is in the world. You cannot love a thing too much. The more you love it, it is lovable because the details of people and the details of everything is infinite. So this is, uh, I will just... First of all, uh, higher quality pleasures are insatiable. Any other pleasure you get for a few days and then you repeat it and then you become cold and uh, it is no more romantic, it's no more good. But when you come to the world of higher qualities, then uh, it's insatiable. You never get bored with anything. The lower you are, the less artist you are. There is a very funny story in uh, Fihe Mafi that once uh, a grocer was in love with a lady and the lady once sent the, the handmaid to buy certain things from the shop of the grocer. The grocer started telling stories about his love that go and to your lady and say that I love her so much and every night I look at the stars and, uh, and the birds are uh, bringing the message of her to me and the image, her lovely image is in the museum of my heart every moment and every star is uh, a new uh, sparkle in her eyes for me and so and so and so she said a long story that go and say to your lady that I love her this much the maid was a very simple coming just from country countryside and he came home and the lady said what did the grocer said he said well the grocer says that come to me I want to do this and that with you very cold. The lady said, did he say such cold, unromantic manner? He said, no, he said a long, long story, but this is what he meant. <laughs> we can live in the romance. We can live in the infinite expressions, not just bring it down to reduce it to just doing this or doing that. You can live with a woman and every moment enjoy with all romance, romances and all imagination and all art. It's the woman that creates music. It's the woman that, that same love creates music, creates poetry, creates literature, creates painting. So if you bring it up, 
When you bring it down, it says, I'm doing this and that. And that's all. So he says that in every case, if you raise yourself, then you will enjoy both the higher and the lower. Because the lower becomes the higher. The lowest level of pleasure in this world, which is eating and having sex or uh, money or a garden or things like that, if you have higher quality pleasures in your mind, then all of them would be higher. <coughs> all of them would be raised. Dunya hamigi uqbas andar nazar arif. Dunya chu uqbashud, dunya mubarak bud. The most pleasure does not go to the people who are after pleasures. If you leave all the pleasures, worldly pleasures, and come to the higher level pleasures, then all the pleasures come to you. There is a, uh, in, there is a tradition by Muhammad, he is calling to the world, oh world, if anybody comes to you, don't give yourself to him. But if anybody leaves you, serve him. The world will only serve you if you don't uh, pay attention to it. I am for a higher uh, uh, mission here. Rumi says in Fihamafi that uh, if you forget everything in this world, there is one thing you should not forget. And if you don't forget that one, then it's not important. If you remember other things, okay. But if you don't remember, and what you remember, that one single thing. What is that one single thing? That is the amonat of God. That is our humanity. That is our nobility. If you don't forget that you are the vicegerent of God, you are the representative of God, you are this. If you remember this, whatever you do is all right. You make love, you eat, you take everything, all the pleasures are right. Because you are a human being. You are a noble person. You do, you do nothing. Bernard, Bernard Shaw once said, whatever tempts me, whatever tempts, tempts me, I submit to whatever temptation. They said, how? He said, because nothing bad tempts me. When you are, you have a higher uh, ideal in your life, higher ideal, then all your lower ideals are appreciated and they are to your service. So, one is that they are insatiable, one is that they are inexhaustible. They are inexhaustible. If you, I... I was reading the story of a young man who, according to himself, was uh, uh, enjoying, was, had enjoyed the company of 3,000 women. And he was in a depression. He was in a depression. Because he had not experienced one single woman. Otherwise, he would be happy all through his life because they are inexhaustible. If something is exhaustible, it, is, uh, it belongs to the law of, to the world of place and time. 
But if you connect things to the uh, world of placeless and timeless, then everything is infinite. You can enjoy it. And then, high quality pleasures are shareable. You can share it with your friends. It is not necessary that you duel with someone that I want this girl, uh, either you live or... You can share your girlfriend with everybody. If your girlfriend is Emily Dickinson, if every night you are making love with Emily Dickinson, then you can share it with your friends. It is, uh, you see, there is no competition, there is no dueling, there is no clash, there is no killing. All the wars of the world are because they are in the lower level. If they come to the higher level, everything is all right. I share it with you. I, I, I will enjoy it. There is no prejudice, there is no jealousy that, oh, he's such and such person has so, such a great house. No, when you are enjoying Mozart, you have studied literature, I would be your friend. We would enjoy together and uh, you would be happy that I have so much. I would be happy to see that you have learned so much. We are close friends. If you know Shakespeare and I know Shakespeare, then we are friends. So there are another point is that higher quality pleasures are accessible. You can easily get them. It is not uh, necessary to kill this and to kick that. Uh, you can easily get it. Because particularly in this world of technology, we are all kings. Kings in the past, they could not do the things we are doing. We could listen, you could listen to Mozart every moment. You could look all the paintings in the museums. You can read all literature on your uh, computer. So, uh, it is ac accessible. You don't need so much money to get uh, a book like Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. You know so much pleasure Goethe got from Shakuntala when he was in an interview that what was your most pleasurable experience in the world, in your life? He said reading the uh, play, the drama of Shakuntala. So reading just a few words, a few pages, a hundred pages can give you such pleasure that nothing in the life of Goethe could be compared because Goethe had all the pleasures but it was the best so we can have the best of pleasures incomparable to other pleasures by just a few pounds a few pence and then you can enjoy them at any age there is not a time that, oh, it is gradually, I cannot enjoy that, I cannot enjoy that. How good was the time when I could enjoy such and such pleasures? At any time you can enjoy it. Of course, there is a joke about William Blake, that he was about 90 years old, and somebody asked, her, asked him, uh, Sir, I want to ask you, what is your feeling about losing all your lust and your uh, such passions and pleasures? 
uh, how, how it feels. He said, you can ask someone older than me, because I have not lost that yet. <laughs> you can ask someone older than me. So, to the last moment of your life, this Eva de Vitry, a French, uh, a French scholar, he was at the deathbed, and he was enjoying all the time. Because of the higher quality pressure. You look at yourself, you're good. This is the pleasure. You look at yourself and you know this and know that and people may come to you and they get light from you and insight from you. This is all pleasure. So if a person wants to have all the pleasures, he has to come to the higher quality pleasures. And this is what Rumi has repeatedly uh, emphasized that uh, these are the things you should not forget. Other things are not very important. So, sorry that I was not consistent and uh, in my expressions, but I hope that you just had a taste of Fihemafi. I should say that this Fihemafi not only gives you the insight of, uh, of uh, essayists, but also gives you something exceptional which you can hardly find in the works of any great English essayist, except in the works of people like Milton or Coleridge, who have such uh, mystical flies. Rumi is filled with mystical flies, in a moment, you are down here on the earth and then you are in heaven, the other moments. Just like the Chorazm. You see, you can fall in love with Chorazm. It is wonderful that you fall in love with Chorazm. You are friends with all people because I am also uh, in love with Chorazm. Everybody is in, in love with Chorazm. So we would all be friends. Thank you very much. I hope that we got a couple um, Well, that was wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, we have time for some questions, so Anybody wants to ask Dr. Gomshi some questions of his uh, about his talk? Floor is open. Divine, and then what happens to the existence? 
You see, Rumi says that there is a verse in the Quran that uh, just take a look at your heart. If you take a look at your heart, the first thing that you understand is that you exist. You exist. Je pense donc je suis. I think, therefore I am. You look inside and you see that you exist. The second thing is the great delight that everything that exists will not be non-existent. So I will ever, I have ever been and I will ever be. If you find that you are existent, you are not form, you are not matter, you are not clay, you are not dust, you are existence, you are of the essence of existence, then you are united with God and he is immortal, you are immortal. He is, uh, uh, he has thousands of manifestations, you have thousands of manifestations. You see, when you are happy, happiness is something in your heart. But it has, it may have millions and billions of expressions. It is the same as God. God is dancing in the world. God is dancing and expressing his happiness Actually, the whole creation is the expression of the happiness of God. He is happy and delight in constant delight. So, the more you come to know that you are of existence, you are not of the quiddity, you are not of watchness, you are of the question of be, to be or not to be. That's the question. When you are of this same substance as existence, then you are happy. And then the third thing you understand, that you understand that I'm not perfect. I'm still not perfect, but I understand what his perfection is. A person who is looking after a perfect man will finally find the perfection in himself, will find the God in himself. You just think that you are in search of a perfect man. They say that a perfect man will one day come and will save you, okay? So a person comes and says, I am the perfect man. You take a look and you test him and you find he is not. That is not, that is not, that is not. You reject everybody because they have some faults with them. So you become more perfect and more perfect until you are, you are quite happy with yourself. When you are quite happy with yourself, you are God. Happiness is the sure sign of being with God. Because Rumi says, I am all happiness. When I'm not happy, when I'm sorrowful, then I'm not I am not I. Because I, the, the very essence of my being is happiness. Atman in, in Indian culture, the soul is Atman. Atman means happiness. Ruh in Arabic means happiness. I don't know what the etymology of soul is, but 
they all have something to do with happiness. So the more you find, it is not 80%, it is not 60%, it is 100% that when you <coughs> find yourself one with existence, then you are happy. Rumi, uh, no, not Rumi, this is by Hafiz, that you see a bubble. Bubble is trembling with fear that in a moment I will be this, uh, I will be annihilated. I will be destroyed. The bubble. But if the moment the bubble is informed, the bubble understands that I am not this form. I am water. The essence of me, what is the essence of a bubble? It is water. The sun, water molecules. So if you understand that I am not this form, then you are not afraid of losing the form because you are the water. So I should say that uh, in Sufism, in mysticism, whether Eastern or Western, I don't make any difference. Thomas Terahern says the same thing, that God is moving in a mysterious way in all beings and everything is so very wonderful, even the bad people. Even the bad people. Rumi says, the bad You everything is so mysteriously filled with God that if you look deep, you will enjoy it. You will enjoy that. Oh, this is the, the, the this is this service is being done by him. They they asked Moses are you against Pharaoh, the king, Herod? Are you against him? He said, no, I have no hatred against him because if he was not claiming to be a god, I would not become a prophet. <laughs> so my job, I, I actually, I'm indebted to him for my job because I'm a prophet because he is claiming. He is claiming that I am God. God has sent me to go and say that you are not God. So, I am not against the, the Herod because the Herod is serving, is giving you a commission, is giving you a mission, giving you a job. Your job belongs to the bad people. You are a writer, a great writer. Say, well, I'm writing for the society. If there are no bad people, if there are not so much crime and uh, the wrong way and the evil, then what would you write? So all literature, all... Uh, creations in art, this is all due to the bad people. Of course, we shouldn't be bad, but we should appreciate that there are people in the world who make us right, who make us. His Bertrand Russell was right into the last moment of his life because he said that there are people who give wrong ideas to people, so I have to write. So he wrote to the last moment because there are people who, are, who don't understand, who are idiots, and, uh, but those idiot people are doing some service in the world. Even the devil <coughs> himself does some service in the world. Yes? Well, just, okay. um, if you forgive my sake, so you presented Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the, the um, 
the Tashbihi side of the, the imminent side of um, Maulana's uh, metaphysics, as you forget. But it, wouldn't it be fair? Would it be fair to say that, uh, from another point of view, this question about uh, the po- question that how a human being approaches God, what the differences are, that he, he approaches God in the measure that he acquires something of the attributes which, properly speaking, metaphysically speaking, belong to God, existence itself, the transient point of view, transcendent point of view, only appertains to God, and likewise these other qualities. But the human being can acquire them. This is metaphorical. We Rumi says it's how good it is that God has no son. How good it is that God is not red. How good it is that God is not woman. Because if he was one, he could not create so many other things. He is not this Tanzi. We constantly say he transcends. He has no son, he has no father, he is not this, he is not that. He is beyond color, he is beyond form. Why? Because he has to create all these forms. If you have a particular color, then how can you create so many colors? God is transcending all being because he is creating all being. He creates a woman, he creates a child, he creates a, a feeling, a sorrow. Rumi in Fiamafi, he said, God is uh, neither present nor absent. Why? Because if he is present, then uh, he cannot be absent. If he is absent, then he cannot be present. So he is beyond absence and presence. He can be present for someone, can be absent for another person. So it is uh, a blessing that God transcends every being so that he could create every being. Otherwise, he would be limited in that quality. If, if God had a particular quality, then he would create the same quality. Did you get, get me? So, uh, we speak of tashbih as well as tanzih. Tashbih is, uh, God is everywhere. You can see God in all beings. Turn your face and you will see God. You cannot even say that I don't see God. But Tanzi, what is Tanzi? Transcending, trans, um, attributes of transcendence. Transcendence is also necessary because he transcends the limitations. He doesn't transcend the thing itself. He, he is a woman. She is a woman. She said, I am, I am Eve. But she transcended because she is also a man. She is also a child. She is also um, in. She has to create time, so he should be timeless to create time and timelessness. He is beyond even timelessness. So uh, the question of tashbi and tanzi in Persian mysticism is. Uh, actually a source of pleasure 
because when you see that God is transcending, he doesn't, it doesn't mean that he is away, away, and far away from you, and you can have no access to him. It simply means that he is away from the limitations. Nothingness is nothingness of, is, I mean, negation of limitations, not negation of the qualities. Let me see, we had a, a, a start professor, he used to say that if you give one single penny to a beggar, to a beggar, he would throw it away. What is this you are giving me? One penny. Uh, how do you... You're, you should be shameful to give just one penny to a, to a beggar. Give at least one pound, two pounds. And our Ostad said, he doesn't throw away the penny because it is one penny. It is He throws it away because there is not another 99 penny. He throws it for for absence of nine, not for the existence of one penny. It is for the absence of ninety-nine penny, and ninety-nine pounds, and ninety-nine million pounds, which doesn't exist. So anything which is rejected is not because of being. It is not because of God. It is because of not being. It's because we we lack something. So I don't love a person is telling lies. He's telling lies, it means he's not a bad person, he's less good. He's less good, he is one penny. A person who tells a lie is no more than one penny, he's not worse. He's low, but he still has some worth, he's one penny. And for that one penny, we praise him. So we have to look at the existence side rather than the, the limitations. Yes. Thank you very much for that very beautiful lecture. Um, you mentioned uh, the devil and how um, the devil provides us with temptations and not imposes, imposes yes. that on us. You also mentioned that uh, God moves in mysterious ways. And I have a question which could be rather controversial. My question is in the case of, um, for example, infants or children who die of hunger, for example, in Africa, as they happen all the time. Is that devil's doing, or is that um, is God um, involved in a mysterious way there? And um, what about that child who has no choice, so to speak, of That is one of the most important questions, and books and books have been written and must be written more and more before it could be properly answered. But the best answer is that we don't know that. We don't know all... The, the, the secrets of the world. We, and it is not necessary that, that we should know. Because um, uh, there are certain things which are better to be remain a secret. All the romance and the interest in things is because there are certain things hidden. When you are in dark, there is more romance. In a moonlight, there is more romance than in the sunlight. When it is the moonlight, then you can speak loving talk and uh, love expressions. So, when 
if everything was quite clear and there was no secret, then there was no interest in the thing. So we can say that we don't know, but we know one thing, that this has been created by the same God who has created me, by the same God who has created perfection. If it is imperfect, there must be, it is not the end of the story. Anything you see that it is imperfect, it's in the middle of the story. The end of the story, everything is perfect. You see, this is a very interesting thing that any, any story, when you, are, when you are reading a story, particularly children, you say that, well, such and such good people were captives and when were caught in a, were thrown into a dungeon and uh, uh, a devil uh, started to beat them. So just wait here until tomorrow I will tell you the story, the rest of the story. All the children will say, well, please tell us until they come out of the prison. Because they are sure that they will come out of the prison. The children do not accept that good people would remain in the prison. They often say, please go on this story. So when you go on this story, and then you tell more and more of this story, so far as there is suffering, there is despair, there is sorrow, it is not finished. It is unfinished, the story. The story is finished, which is finished in happiness. That is the meaning of divine comedy. What is divine comedy by Dante? Divine comedy is emphasizing that the whole world is a comedy. So if uh, Antonio is uh, still in danger of being uh, cut by the dagger of uh, Shylock, then it is in the middle of the story. Read on. You will just wait. Wait until I will show you the whole pattern. The pattern you are looking at certain parts of the pattern. And then you see, oh, it is all right. So that is why they try to justify the ways of God. Milton, in the, in the beginning of uh, Paradise Lost, he says, oh, muses of poetry. He is calling the muse of poetry and say, come to me and help me. If I am low, raise me. If I am dark, enlighten me. Because I want to justify the ways of God. I want to say that God is right. So it is not necessary that in every case we should know how he is right. But generally, we know that this is not the end of the story. That child is, is, is the beginning of the story, and there is an end to it. You have to wait for hundreds and millions of years, and then you will see that what happens, what would happen. You see the, these... Uh, Caterpillar, caterpillars, you see, she is helpless, poor, is creeping on the ground, but you don't see the time when it comes out of that, of that uh, grave he has made for himself and comes out and flies in the string and goes from the tree to tree to blossoms.
You don't see that. So any story which is not interesting and does not satisfy you and makes you um, unsatisfied, uh, this is not finished. This is the beginning, this is the middle of this story. And that is why Rumi says the end of all is salvation. It is not salvation and damnation. Damnation is in the middle of the way. But salvation is the end. Because a person who is damned uh, very clearly, Rumi says, uh, the devil defends himself that God was once happy with me. He was uh, good with me. He loved he smiled at me and he helped me, he created me. So now that he is angry, I don't take it seriously. Because this is something has happened. Anything that happens would be removed. But I see that God once was good with me. And any sinful person also should think of that. That once God uh, was not angry with me. If now he is angry, it, is, it has certain reasons. I will try to remove the reasons, but at the same time you are happy that you, are, you have been loved by a person who doesn't change. So his love doesn't change for you. He will love you to the end. So to the end you will be saved. There is no damnation in the... Uh, of course, you would say that in the Quran, how is it that in the Quran they say that they will ever remain? Uh, that is symbolic. It has some other meaning. If it says that takabur, uh, proud, is in fire, takabur, of course, it is in fire. It is in ever, uh, it's ever in fire. It is uh, eternally in fire. But takabur leaves you, so you will not be in the fire all the time. Takabur is all the time in the fire. Because takabur or proudness is something which is in the fire. Jealousy is in the fire. But you are not jealous anymore. You have once been jealous and now you are not jealous. So that is why we are moving towards perfection. And so we have to wait for the rest of our uh, fortune.